0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Sir Sean of House Bruno's.
1: bend the knee a song of ice and fire podcast i am sir matt the bud knight
0: and i am sir ezra the watchful welcome to our song of ice and fire book club today we're into chapter 50 um aria 4 of a game of thrones and in fire and blood we will be discussing the long reign jaharis and alisanne policy progeny and pain
1: wow dude episode or chapter 50 yeah you yeah, know, I, last week we were like, "Hey, episode 50 but this week it's chapter fifty. You know, moving along, we're uh, we're coming towards the end of uh, Game of Thrones. We'll be into Clash of Kings by you know by the end of the year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. So yeah, it, it's 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 it really neat. You know, to be honest, so uh just think t- what's what's ironic about it, right? Is that we're right here in the in the first book. You know, thinking about it, you're doing your rewatch. I'm doing. Uh, I need to start mine with my sister soon. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, then we're, we're going to get the final season, season finale. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. But then next year, but next year, I think we have long night, So, you know, there's going to be a lot of new book readers, a lot yeah. of new um, absolutely people who are, and then, you know, we've talked about when the show ends, you're going to have a lot of people who are go through withdrawal and they, mm-hmm. who are just show t- watchers and say, hey, I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go watch, the, read the books and see, you know, right. what I missed out on.
0: Right, exactly, yeah, so it's exciting, it's an exciting time, Um, we've got some conventions coming up here in the spring and in Uh the summer, so Sir Matt and I are excited about that, hopefully we'll meet some of you out there, and just, I don't know man, it's a good time, it's a good time to be in game
1: Absolutely, so yeah, there's a lot to uh, look forward to, so. Uh, Sir Ezra, how are we doing today, man? You sound a little uh, <clears throat> yeah, a little it, under the weather.
0: Is that not like a reoccurring theme? I feel like maybe we have the shivers. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, earlier this week I was I was sick
1: a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You, you, although being a teacher, um, uh, I have to imagine that you know you're just the, the, being around so many people that it's it's a constant kind of struggle.
0: It's constantly, you know, I am tried by, you know, flu. Uh, virus All the time. It's it's crazy. Uh, so I ended up getting the flu and an es- uh, upper respiratory infection right after. Actually, I was kind of sick last week when we when we recorded. Um, yeah, this kind of plowed through. And then after we uh, and I finished recording like the body aches hit. I, I started. I just went to bed, woke up and I was sick, man. <laughs> I was done. For, so I haven't missed four days of work in a long time. And Monday, th- Monday through Thursday, I, I tried to come in a couple times, and they were like, "Nah, you still have a fever. Like you're, you look sick, you sound sick. Get out of here." And it, you know, I don't want to spread all that crap to the kids too, even though they're right. the ones who <clears throat> spread it that's to me. Sick but in the
1: first place, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm feeling though ten times better, man. I mean, it's like the well, flu. Good. The flu is a reminder, you know, that like, what well, it's good to be alive. It's it's it. Just remember, right. if you're healthy right now, just think, man. Cause like I thought I was on my deathbed. I was writing out my last will and testament to, to Sir Matt saying, "Take the podcasting equipment. Continue on without me." <laughs> like I, yeah. I
1: thought it was over. So, but uh how you been, man? What's been going on? Oh man, I've been good. It's been a. It's been a. I've been um. Busy. I've been just kind of rest. Yeah. So I I got a flu shot. Uh, so I didn't I didn't get that boy this year. Unlike Sir, you Smart. know, I I typically I just. It's like every, about every other year, one year I'll be like, ah, eh, no, I don't really need it. Then, yeah. another, then the next year I'll be like, all right, I guess I'll get it, you know? So this year yeah, I, this really. year I got it cause I went to the doctor for like a, you know, my annual kind of physical and. Mm-hmm. They basically for they basically forced it on me. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I was like, OK, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yes, I got so got my got my flu shot. But uh, no, man, I've just been this week. I've just been kind of resting, relaxing. Good, um, good. I was talking to you the other day about that. The hot tub got a hot tub. So, I just yeah, kind of. Created this, like, sanctuary. Dude, uh, in, in, can in we the talk garage, about that? Yeah. In, the, in, the, in the garage, and so every night I've just been kind of, like, going out there and just, like, tr- tr- chillaxing. Got like, it's got, like, some Christmas lights, you know, yeah, in there, yeah. so it's, and then I just kind of can just sit after work because uh, my job is kind of – it's high stress sometimes, and yep. so um I can just come right home and I just listen to my audio book, man, and yep. get – just get fired up, so – that's good. Yeah, actually I it's crazy. We got we got like a it's like it it sounds like it would be way worse than it is. We got like an inflatable hot tub and I thought like I was like <laughs> I don't know. I was really skeptical about it. Right. But it's freaking I'll, I'll always I would it's, it's it's I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I I love it. It's got this like pump. It keeps the water like constant like 104. Yeah, yeah. Feels yeah. Dude, it's Feels feels good. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not like Daenerys Targaryen, so you know, after about twenty twenty five minutes, right. then uh, it's a little too hot. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs>
0: dude. Uh... But it's
1: kind of cool. It, yeah, it's like it's like uh it's legit. It's like made by like Coleman, yeah. who, you know, and right. And uh, we have I have it up on um like some styrofoam on the ground, so you know, so it keeps it off the the cold concrete and
0: nice. Yeah, it's pretty I, sweet. I think what I think what sold me on it is you were like, as if it if it you know if it breaks. Uh, oh, I'm buying another one. I'm
1: getting another. Yeah, that immediately. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's like 400 bucks, but yeah, so it's pretty.
0: That's kind of cool. Pretty That's sweet, awesome. but it's good.
1: It's it, I've been. It's it's allowed me to, um, this like really spend time to just kind of like all right dive back into the books, um, doing a lot deeper research and, and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, right. That's good. That's some time out. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, just a couple more. I guess updates here. Some. Different things we have, uh, so because of the plague, you know, whatever, I wasn't able to get everything done right. that I wanted. Uh, shirts are in the mail. So as of Monday, when you hear this, um, on Saturday, in the mail. So you guys should be getting those. I know President's Day here in the States might delay things a little bit, but you guys should be good there. Yeah, uh, the post
1: is closed on President's yeah, Day. Yeah,
0: yeah, as it should be, right? Thanks, you know, George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <you> pre- yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, we have a fun little, um, collaboration actually uh sir matt just collaborated with a friend of ours uh young mallory who i I get Mm -hmm. to i I, we had mentioned her um back in the day so that was that was cool for another project that he works on and Mm -hmm. um man we're gonna
1: be doing we have we have some collaborations coming up yeah we're we're working yeah we have um some uh, radio westros yeah yeah radio westros and stuff like that so yeah, stay stay tuned for that. Uh, Serzer and I also have a big secret project we're we're, we're working on. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we don't. It's going to be releasing in the next two months. Um, yeah, and uh, we are super pumped for it. Um, yes, we I, are. It's all I can really say about it right now.
0: Uh-huh. But, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But
1: it will not it will not deter us on on this project whatsoever. Oh uh, God, no. Just yeah. just another another thing as we. It's very light. To, it's very light, but it's fun. To, as we try to take over the the podcasting world, right? Yes, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> bend the knee. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very excited for
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So that should be fun. Um, when we're finished today, we're recording another musing, and then um, I actually have mm-hmm. a musing, just a one on one with Sir Ezra later this week. I have I've planned uh, some fun stuff there. So yeah, just some some cool um, updates, and and make sure you guys are you know. Rewatching the show, you know, get get ready to go. Yeah,
1: get ready. Get ready, because, yeah, right now I'm just kind of I'm taking this month to kind of... February is like, my, my, all right, I need to relax, kind of yeah. chill out, because April's coming, man, and it's going to be... Oh, it's going to be huge. Woo!
0: We're hoping yeah. that um, um, Ice and Fire Con is going to be huge, too, for that collaboration piece when we go down and meet... Yeah a lot of other fans and, and podcasters and stuff. So, yeah.
1: And I, I was reading, I was reading a lot of threads on like Reddit and stuff and more and more people are, are saying something that you and I have talked about before is yeah. that you remember we, we had talked about wind, winds of winter, right? It's at some point it's coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. We know, we know that it's coming. Um, And you and I have talked about the the theory as we as we talk so often about rabbit holes and theories. Sometimes we have to talk about theories about Gurr, you know, himself the man himself. Right. I actually I think he's done. I think when I think we've talked about this before, I think wins is done and I think he's waiting until he's done with the whole thing. Okay. so I was reading I was reading some things and more and more people are saying, you know, the fact that he hasn't really mentioned it lately Mm -hmm. um, is that he's probably he's if we get it this year it's going to he's going to announce it like after the show's over okay here yep. comes the next book cuz that seems like the logical kind of time yeah. for it yeah you know like if it it he's got i mean he's got to be close i would imagine to being done yeah. i mean yeah. at least if if he's not done already Yeah. but it's like it's like that's kind of like the golden time so you have until may right mm-hmm. to announce hey it's done mm-hmm. so yeah. i think that would be kind of like the ideal time right it right. doesn't I'm, mean it has to come out this year just that would if I were to announce it I would be okay after the, the final season's over
0: yeah yeah at some point you'd just say it's done and then then we're all just sort of waiting for that
1: big announcement as one because you because if you yeah. if you don't <clears throat> then it's like last year where you didn't have like the show going on was a huge waste of time which it probably was I mean you know, like, yeah you, you know no, no and Gert kind of was because if you announce it like two to three years from now you just really lose that momentum. I mean, right now is like, boom. You, I, I feel like it's kind of make or break time, girl. Yeah. Like, Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're still going to read it and we're still going to love it and analyze oh. the heck out of it. Right. Yeah. But for the 10 million people that watch, you know, Game of Thrones. Right. Like you, you just missed your, your big opportunity.
0: You, to get them into. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Because
1: the, you're coming off of all of the hype of the
0: show. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's over. It's done. And then a month or two later, when you're still on that high, still talking about the show, the finale, and then you were to say, "Oh, the author's done with the next book. Now is the time to read. You know, now is the time to to dive back into it. And then knowing that you have another book coming, let's get ready for that book. Yeah, I, I totally think that marketing wise and everything, if if it if it is done, then that's yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know. But um, and I think it is done. I think I honestly do. My thing is, I just, I hope to. I'm just planning another ten years before the next book is done, and I hope, you know, hope he's, I hope he's talked. He's penciled down right. the s- some some more of the ending, maybe some more details. Yeah, of Yeah, I
1: don't. Y- yeah, but, see, I don't know though. You and you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I I think the last books, I think this is it's the harder book to write. Yeah, the last yeah. book's easy because you ha- you've got you've got the <clears throat> vision in your mind. Yeah. It's just, it's setting up that bow so you can just pull it. Because the last it, yeah. book, like, pfft, it's easy. You know, okay, cool.
0: Yeah. I right. hope so. Okay. This
1: is the hardest book to write.
0: But let me tell you, I think that it's, I agree with you if there wasn't the TV show. I think for some reason, this is my own personal thing, right? But d- that he has got either discouraged or, or I was, again, I was listening to an interview and I think it might have been Lady Gwynn who was talking about the idea that, um, Things he wanted to deliver himself for the first time to readers, he will never have the chance to do, and so it's discouraging. And I almost wonder if he's re, you know, written some things, and if he's if the if the story has evolved a little bit in the telling, as it, or grown in the telling, maybe as as he's he's said before. And I wonder if it's going to be a little. I would love to hear like like a, a behind the scenes. Like, did he change anything? Is he changing stuff to surprise fans or to? You know, did he have alternate endings in mind? You know, you know what I'm saying? Because I know authors do that; they have they have alternate endings. So that's what I'm wondering: uh-huh. is is if if you're right, if if nothing else were no show, whatever he's just doing his own thing, then I think yeah, it's easy to pull it, you set set it all up here in Winds of Winter, and then and then pull the bow, um, or you know pull it pull it through just to make that perfect bow. But I don't know, my friend. I just knowing him, I I I, I he has said flat out that people on Reddit have like. They have guessed it. They know it. They've they've got it. It's out there. Some people. Well, have, it's easy.
1: It's easy to guess it when it takes you know three hundred years. to, You know.
0: Well, yeah, and he's but yeah, right, and, and also you know it's just got he's got people, you know, pouring over it. It's just it's well, it's it's they love it. You have so many people analyzing it that it's, I don't know. So, and that should be okay though. I, I feel like he would just go forward and still write it the same way, but then it's got me thinking. Maybe he doesn't want to write it the same. Maybe he wants to even yeah, surprise maybe. those, the biggest Reddit theory people out there, just to say, "Nope, I set up a couple other things here. I could go a couple different ways, and now I'm going to go this way." I don't know. I don't know, man. That's just that's that's a GURR theory for you. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh goodness. But I hope we get it at the end of this summer. I hope we get an announcement, and uh, I'd love to tear to tear through it because I've read the first several chapters now. I got into, um. Duran Martell's daughter, uh, Princess Oak Ariane, I think is her name, and mm-hmm. I lo- I'm loving it, absolutely loving it, and and it's it's pretty cool stuff. So looking at the Stannis stuff as well too, and just where he's at, and your theories uh, that there's way more to do with Stannis, like yeah, it's huge, huge. I can I don't spo- I know some folks haven't read those chapters, so um, I won't I won't go into details, but man, should be fun.
1: So yeah. So all right. Buddy. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on over to um, our, you know, our master study here as we go into a enormous chapter from fire and blood. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's an understatement. It's enormous. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, so we wanted to do this again, kind of like we did um, last week. Right. I mean, we just want to do some major takeaways, I think.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to because this chapter is so long. Um, this chapter stretches about fifty years, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's funny when we think about fire and blood. We've talked about this with fire or with World of Ice and Fire. Jaharris is like four pages. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's right. like four hundred pages. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> we we get a lot of that detail. So, um, I guess kind of the arc is it's it's almost the rest of his reign in the, in this chapter. So yeah, I hit my table here. Um, it's it's almost the rest of his reign. And uh, goes through some some trials. Right. You know, we have um, we're going to talk about uh, we mentioned before the shivers. There's a Mm -hmm. winter. Yeah. And this is cool, actually, because this is really one of the only times we get like kind of an in-depth, you know, more detailed story of what what really happens during a winter. Sure. You know, we, we always just, we, we hear a little bit about it, right? Like Tyrion talks about it being kind of young, not really remembering. Some other people just talk about, oh, it was just hard. Um, But here we, we hear, we hear about like, you know, there's a famine and like a plague. Right. Right. So um, that, and it's known as the shivers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just a disease. It's kind of devastating. It's probably more of like a, like a kind of like a cold. I don't know. Maybe that's just what, what they call it. Um, But it says, you know, it, it's first they get kind of a chill, then the shivering gets worse <clears throat> until it's so bad that their teeth chatter and arms uh, and legs convulse uncontrollably. Uh, and then their lips turn blue and the victim begins to cough up blood. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, this is from the wiki here. Uh, Death can come within a day of onset of the first chill. Old and young are most uh, vulnerable. Though, even though men in the prime of their life can wake up healthy one morning, they can be struck dead the next. Uh, in the winter of 59 and 60 A.C., um, no more than one in five of those who caught the shivers ever recovered. Mm. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, during the reign of Jaehaerys the First Targaryen, many suspected the plague was spread by rats, uh, the small brown kind that sneak aboard sailing ships. It was clear that uh, the disease was not native to Westeros, but spread from some foreign land, and um, and hits kind of the ports and, and, and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's drawing from some other, uh, things, you know, the bubonic plague was spread, uh, by rats, right. You know, um, in, in Europe, back whenever that was the 1400s, I think. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my, my hundred thousand dollar student loan history degree (laughs) debt failing me right now. So that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at some at some point uh, in time, the bubonic plague happened, uh, and it was kind of spread by rats. So, yeah, I, pro- obviously, an inspiration for that uh, here, um, yes, yeah. is, is, is what girl was using.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to mention too, just at the start of the chapter, it ties into that. The um, I think his name was. Let's see, it's one of the Hightowers. Um, oh, Sir Eustace Hightower, right? uh, emerged, no, it's one of his sons, I think. Anyways, remember the Hightowers who take off with, um, Alyssa Farman, right? And they go on the right. sun chaser and they're headed out across the sea there. Well, <clears throat> at one point they come across what looks like a kraken. Okay. And cause mm-hmm. you said, you know, Sir Matt just said that this was a disease that looks like it was brought in from somewhere else. Right. It looked like it was, uh, it was right. like rats of ships and things like that. Right. So, um, the guys who survived, who I mean, Lady. um, Oh, actually, she she goes by a different name, but she's the one who makes it to like a shai, right? She's the one who mm-hmm. her sun chaser makes it through. One of the other ships is destroyed by a kraken. Straight up, looks like a a, a legit kraken appeared, and there's lightning and waves, and all this crazy stuff. The other guys make it back, and they turn back, and they stop in. I, I don't even remember where all the places are because again, you know, this chapter is huge, but they. Stop in uh, at the Summer Isles. They stop in at uh, a couple of different places. They had natives in these other island-like nations in the south and to the east um, that uh, – or maybe it was just directly south – that end up kind of helping them survive. You know, they had gotten blown way off course and stuff, and so when they come back, I was wondering if that was maybe some of the – because there's, like, poison – like, the water in these other lands they can't really drink – There's issues with like You know bugs and disease you know anytime That you go to another country that you're not used to The climate and the conditions and the Insects and the diseases You know and and Mm -hmm. you were to carry that back with you To um, another a whole Continent of people who aren't used to it I think that might have been some of the shivers You know but Mm -hmm. that's just me personally Um,
1: Yeah I was I was close by the way it was the 13 1300s it was in 1347 to 1351
0: Ah nice
1: yeah so nice 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 but uh, yeah so uh, yeah and so um, you know whether that was just a coincidence that it happened to happen during a winter or if it was something that was made worse by the fact that people were probably less healthy because there was less food and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. or it's something that's influenced by the gods right you know yeah the curse they yeah. have control over things we know, that, we know that winters are hard and stuff like that so um yeah it it takes out a lot of people Mm -hmm. and uh so it also it just adds to kind of the narrative of how hard and difficult winters are uh and that's that's good because we just in the main series right winter is just coming we haven't gotten there yet we've just heard it's hard but now we actually get to see a little bit of what it's like inside of a winter
0: Mm Hmm. yeah oh that's interesting um yeah, so is it because the winter or is it because like like what is it that actually co- like is cuz the the shivers don't come every winter, do they?
1: No, not yeah. not that I know. of. It just talks about, you know, the, it's like the winter of 59 to 60 AC was an exceptionally cruel one, cruel, right? So yeah. that's so that's 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 a one year winter. So right. So it's a it's it's yeah. a short it's a short it's a short winter.
0: It, um it reminds me just that like yeah, it's like winter's cruel anyways, but then on top of it we had this mysterious thing called the shivers that we couldn't accept ex- this plague that is just rushing across mm-hmm. the you know I d- didn't respect you know it didn't matter whether you had the, the best maesters or not one thing that Jaharis says is that like all of his power everything that he has he loses a child to the shivers and it's yeah. like wow he lost two of his Kingsguard um, the city watch uh, captain mm-hmm. is gone as well so it did not have any respective person for sure
1: yeah yeah once the yeah. Once the first chill was felt, the course of the shivers was swift. Death could come within a day, and no more than one victim in every five recovered. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The shivers entered from the east and moved across Blackwater Bay and up the Blackwater Rush, even before King's, uh, King's Landing. The islands off the Crownlands felt the chill. Uh, yeah. It talks about uh, like Dragonstone. Okay. Uh The Queen's uh, Septa died on Driftmark. Lords of the, um, you know all across the seven kingdoms the noble and humble alike were struck down and the gotcha. old and young were most at risk yeah so it had to have been spread through the through the ports well and that kind of
0: defeats my so i was thinking back to cuz when Hightower and those guys show up they show back up at, on on the west side which mm-hmm. is you know an old town unless there was just another ship that you know they came around eventually they sh- mm-hmm. they showed up there and the disease just yeah. took root but well, yeah well i mean look way. at
1: this the The great port city of Old Town was especially hard hit. Okay. It lost a a quarter of its population. Yeah. See,
0: that's where I was wondering, because when they get, because it's just, the way in which it's written, it starts off telling the story of the Sun Chaser and those men who went to Mm -hmm. mysterious islands that had not yet been explored. Um, They actually make it to three small, really strange islands, and the the crew has a decision whether to go forward Mm -hmm. with... Mm -hmm. um, the sun chaser or to turn back and they turn back and then they encounter several other islands and they're just wore out they lose half their crew to death and plague themselves you know so i just wondered if there was a connection there so but anyways and then they're they're looking for rat catchers like crazy if you were a rat catcher during this time you were making all sorts of money you know so (laughs) extermination squad
1: (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, um, and so one of the, the next part I want to bring up here is just something that's kind of about uh, cool about you, This is my kind of other big, big takeaway from here from this from this chapter um, is, you know, um, two knights of the Kingsguard die. Right. Uh, Sir Sam of Sour Hill mm-hmm. and Sir Victor, the valent, along with three lords of the council. Um, and as and. Uh, oh, is it, who else? Uh, Core, Carl uh, Corbray. Right. Mm-hmm. It was the. The. You know, commander of the city watch. Yeah. Um. So it talks about how the streets and alleys of King's Landing fell prey to lawlessness and uh, license. Shops were looted, women raped, men robbed and killed for no crime but walking down the wrong street at the wrong time. King Jahor- Harris sent forth his Kingsguard and his household knights to restore order, but they were too few. Um, so then, it talks about Rago draws. You remember him? He was the master of coin, mm-hmm. um, had, who had never taken up residence in the Red Keep. Um, though there was ample room for him there, uh, the king made the offer several times, but he always just he always just preferred, uh, you know, his to live in, in the in the in the streets of silk and and, and stuff like that. So um, that way, he could entertain concubines without suffering the disapproval of the court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you know, uh, so he. Um, So anyway so he dies Somebody uh, he's killed by this kind of This band band of people This is uh, a dozen of flea bottoms Less savory uh, uh, citizens Were chasing a piglet down the alley When they chanced uh, them they come across Him moving through the streets some were drunk And all were hungry Um, And so they See this pentoshi man and they get kind of Upset that he's there right right They don't they don't like pentoshi one guy has a sword Three guys have knives um and they kind of pick up some stuff so basically they kill him and they cut off uh some of his fingers because he has rings on them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh and then th- so they they can do that so when word reaches jaharis he like himself rides to find the body uh and so he he um you, you know he, he says when i looked upon his face for a moment as if i was looking at like his like an uncle right mm-hmm. and so um so anyway so he kind of he kind of asks the people there's like a crowd he asks the people he's like um i would have the name of the men who did this speak now and you'll be well rewarded hold your tongues and you will lose them uh and so this little like this girl comes forward uh she doesn't and she doesn't and she uh, says a name. It doesn't say who it is, right? right. Um, but, but the king thanks her, shows her to her knights, uh, and she has her knights show the the, the men that that did this, right? <laughs> uh, and so um, she led the king's guard to a wine sink where the villain was discovered with a whore in his lap and three of uh, Lord uh, Rego's uh, Rego's uh, rings on his finger. Under torture, he soon gave up the names of the other attackers, and all uh, and they were taken one at all one of their number claimed to have been a poor fellow and cried out that he wished to take the black no jaharis tells him the knights wa- watch are men of honor and you are lower than rats such men as these were unworthy of a clean death by sword or axe he ruled instead they were hung from the walls of the red keek uh, keep disembowed and left to twist until they died mm-hmm. yep yeah so well I watched- um yeah go ahead and then and then and then the girl's story is is kind of uh you know <clears throat> it's, it's kind of it's kind of sad sad as well because I mean it's bittersweet really right you know so uh the girl who had led the king to the killers ha- uh, killers had a kinder fate taken in hand by Queen Allison she was plunged into a hot tub of water for scrubbing her clothes were burned her head was shaved um, you know just because she's living yeah. on the streets right um, and she was yeah. fed hot bread and bacon uh, there's a place for you in the castle if you want," Allison told her when her belly was full, in the kitchens or in the stable as you wish. Do you have a father? And she nods and says, "He was one of them that you yeah. killed. Um, he was one of the one of the, the men we, who attacked him." Mm-hmm. And she gave a, uh, but she gave, but so that's kind of sad that she loses her her father. But she also kind of told him who did it, and mm-hmm. she had to have known, right? So
0: yeah, she did. She she knew. I mean, and she, it was probably yeah, she her knew. father yeah. with the whores on his lap and. You know, drinking. That was probably the guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, he, uh, but then she says that she, um, she told her grace that she wants to work in the kitchens because that's where they keep the bread. Yeah. So,
0: (laughs) good for her. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, kind of a bittersweet thing. She, uh, you know, her dad, but her dad obviously probably may not also be a good guy. So, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right.
1: But it's just the idea that Jahari says, no, you don't get to take the black.
0: Right. Yeah, because there's no honor in in any, in anything that they did, uh-huh. and there's just no way to yeah. So the, the, the men's watch don't deserve that. Would be uh, that's crazy. It is kind of crazy like that. You you can't go there because they're better men than you are, and they are actually right. So, hmm. Mm. All right. Um, on to my two big takeaways, I guess. Right? Is it okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so another situation that that comes up here and um is with Rogar Baratheon. And the Vulture King. It's, it's a pretty cool uh, tidbit here. Because Rogar, you know, Reyna was mad because he said, save my child versus save my wife. Um, and the child lives. And it actually, you know, when I think back on it, it's like, I think um, that's what maybe she would have wanted. And he's actually now bringing his children. Uh, Jocelyn Baratheon is one of them. Uh, I think she's around six or seven or something. And he wants his children... To become wards there at King's Landing to be taken in, you know the, the, she's never known a mother, and he w- he wanted um, Allison to take his children, and and they do gladly, you know, very very glad. He's getting older, much older. One of his brothers, uh, Boris Baratheon, is kind of you know bitter, and he's taken off. He's he's doing his own thing in the Dornish lands, and just you know, not a good guy. Kind of kind of turned sour uh, that relationship, and. What ends up happening is the Vulture King. This is the second Vulture King, actually, um, self-proclaimed Dornish King is is raiding, um, you know, throughout, you know, the no, 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 the Seven Kingdoms, but you know, the northern part of Dorne there. And it's not really known whether, you know, the Dornish were supporting this or not. Um, that's all kind of up in the air, right? It's like the, maybe they are, right. but yet their hands are up, like, no, we have nothing to do with this. You can't prove it, um, so they have to go take on the Vulture King and. Rogar Baratheon, his brother, Boris Baratheon, is with the Vulture King. Uh, His band joins them in, uh, is it the Red Mountains? Is that where they're at, I think? Yeah, the Red Mountains. Um, So they would strike. The Vulture King, kind of this guerrilla warfare type of tactic, right? Would strike, would then retreat back to the Red Mountains and, uh, you know, disappear and then come back again and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, Rogar wants to go. He begs leave to bring the vulture king in. And he's like this older guy, he's got this uh, uh the maesters were actually telling him that within the next couple of years I think he was going to die, right? Sir so, Matt, it was like he was going to Yep. Yep. Yeah, that he was going to pass. So, he wants leave just to go fight this guy, bring his bring his brother, you know, in and uh all that good stuff. Let me go back here just a sec. Um yeah there we now so uh where's the part where he fights him because there it is okay there's a cool picture on uh page two ninety of fire and blood where uh you you've got um this this fight going down
1: right yeah it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool picture uh you see the, like the vulture king and yeah. uh and jaharis with the that pretty sweet sword and it's got like blood on it
0: uh-huh yeah and was it that uh what was was Rogar just going in to take his brother on? Is mm-hmm. is that the big yeah. thing, right? And then and then King Jaehaerys, uh yeah, takes on on the Vulture King, because I think they said at one point that like, um, here we go. So the Vulture King, uh, the Vulture King's turn came. The new full moon uh, brought to bay in a uh, brought to bay in a burned lair where he had hoped to find refuge. He resisted to the end, showing the king's men. Uh, showering the king's men with spears and arrows. This one is mine, Rogar Baratheon told his grace when the, mountains king, when the mountain king had led, was led before them in fetters. At his command, the outlaw's chains were struck off and he was given a spear and shield. Lord, Rogo, Lord Rogar faced him with his axe. Uh, if he kills me, let him go free. Uh, the vulture proved sadly unequal to the task. "'Wasted and weak and cracked with pain as he was, "'Rogar Baratheon turned the Dornishmen's attacks aside, uh, "'then clove him from shoulder to navel. "'When it was done, Lord Rogar seemed weary. "'It seems I will not die with axe in hand after all.'" That's what he wanted to do, right? He told the king sla- mm-hmm. uh, sadly. Uh, nor did he, Rogar Baratheon, Lord of Storm's End, and one time Hand of the King and Lord Protector of the Realm, died at Storm's End half a year later in the presence of his maester, his Septon, his brother, uh, Garin, and his son and heir, uh, Boromun. So that's sort of Rogar Baratheon's end. You know, he gets this last chance to kind of face this other this, uh, Vulture King in single combat, and then, you know, so, yeah, pretty right. neat, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what other what else happens. Because there's there's several vulture kings that kinda crop up throughout this
1: throughout history. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, so um let's see. Let me read one more paragraph here. Lord Rogar's uh, war had lasted less than half a year. Uh begun and won entirely in sixty one AC, with the Vulture King eliminated, raiding fell off sharply along the Dornish marches for a time. As accounts of the campaign spread through the Seven Kingdoms, even the most uh martial of lords gained a new respect for their young king any lingering doubt had been dispelled jaehaerys targaryen was not his father aenys for the king himself um for the king himself the war was healing against the shivers i was helpless he confessed to septon barth against the vulture um i was a king again so you know he's just making yeah. all sorts of good moves and ruts those guys out takes vermithor there and uh is able to handle them pretty easily and he's he's quick and he's decisive and you know um uh, in his actions. So, contrasting himself to Aenys. So. Alright, uh, one more thing here, Sir Matt. This is kind of an interesting uh, connection. And then there are so many more, but we really just don't have time to get to all of them. One that you've probably read, if you've read through uh, Fire and Blood and you've, you've maybe you've wondered about this. Uh, Sarah Targaryen. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the ninth-born child of King Jaehaerys and Queen Alison Targaryen. She is... What's the word for her, man? I don't even know. She is kind of, uh, she's needy. She needs uh, a lot yeah. of attention.
1: High high maintenance.
0: High maintenance. There you go. <laughs> so she's demanding. She's disobedient. Her first word is no, right? Yeah. And uh, very much different my, from my her kind, My kind of
1: woman. You're kind
0: of great. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <about you. laughs> oh, man. So, uh, you know. Her early life there. I mean, she's just kind of it's. She's always wanting all this attention and just just bossing people around and what have you. And quickly though, in her in her teens, she starts to do some really. She had some several mean pranks with. Uh, um, she pranks Tom, Tom Turnip, the court fool, right. Mm-hmm. Um, this cruel prank resulted in him being injured, and uh, the Septa even declares that she's like an evil child. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot. She she at one point goes to I think she takes Tom Turnup to a brothel, and she's with a couple other of her handmaidens and some some young men, and uh, let's see these men are Roy Connington, uh let's see Jonah Mouton, heir of, of Maidenpool, uh, Connington obviously Lord of Griffins Roost, and uh, Sir Braxton Beesbury, the heir of Honeyholt, so. What ends up happening, just to make this kind of short, is that she fools around with all these guys, all three of them, mm-hmm. at as like a fourteen year old. I'm not sure how old she was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Um, yeah, by the time she was by the time she was twelve, she was often drunk um, <laughs> there in the Red Keep. So she's out, and what they do is they take the fool, and they end up kind of like uh, wanting to see him, you know, essentially have sex with some of the in this mm-hmm. whorehouse, you know, yeah. and they kind of pay, yep. they, they mess with them. They, they think they thought it would be kind of funny to watch all this happening. And there are, there are two of her handmaidens, one of her handmaidens ends up pregnant, um, you know, and is, and is scared by one of these boys. And it's just sort of a, like a big love fest, man. It's kind of this weird, you know, everybody's hooking up with everybody type of thing. Uh, she talks about which boy she likes the most, which one she doesn't. And uh, they're brought, eventually this all comes out and, and they're brought before the the king, king and queen. And he, he discovers what they've been up to. And, uh, you know, she starts to kind of like confess all in, in, in front of her father. And, but also, she, she, it's almost like she has bipolar disorder a little bit, really. Because she, she, at one point she's crying, this thing, the next moment she's smiling and laughing, talking about how it wasn't that big of a deal. And I don't know if it's just because she's under the... She's in the king's throne room there being questioned by her father, and she could tell he's being serious. Um, and at one point, he asked point blankly, you know, if her maidenhead is still intact um, or did she give it to one of these boys? And she said, I gave it to all three. The, yeah. e- each of them thinks that they were the first. And she, yeah. she talks about how silly boys are and all this kind of stuff, right? So he takes her. He sees he, those guys are going into the cells, and and they try to help out. They get some confessions from her ladies, and so that's sort of the beginnings, right? Uh, she ends up going back to her room. She gets scared, and not scared. I'm sorry. She She's defiant. She wants to leave. She runs away, eludes. Uh, I don't know, Somehow she gets out of her room. They don't really explain that part, and instead of hiding in the in the uh, Red Keep or, or there in King's Landing, she takes off for Old Town. Mm-hmm. And while she's there, she's um, again kind of doing a lot of the same mischievous stuff that she had that she had been doing. Um, They they do send her for a couple. I'm sorry. So at first they do send her to the faith and two years there. She tries to kind of like, you know, um, I don't know. she, she, She handles all of the different punishments that she gets there and what have you he, uh, let me me just read this here, according to Septon Barth, jaharis might have been willing to forgive Sarah had she done um, as she had been told. Instead, however, she escaped her confinement that night and left the Red Keep and was taken uh, by the Dragon Keepers when she tried to enter the Dragon Pit. So they were worried about her getting on a dragon. One of the quotes is, is that like, can you imagine Sarah on a dragon? So that's part of, you know, this theme is that these young Targaryens stealing dragons. You know, it's like, it's like a, a youngster stealing a car. Imagine what they would do. Imagine what a 12 and 13 year old would do with a car. It's just, it doesn't sound good to us. And so mm-hmm. when the younger Targaryens get, you know, try to steal these dragons, that that could be a big deal. Um, they put Jean-Claude Dark there to kind of guard her, right, to to stand over, uh, guard uh, Sarah's five companions, oh, face their own, um, their crime. Sir, Sir Braxton Beesbury requested a trial by combat and was slain. Uh, during the combat by King Jeharis himself. That was pretty cool, actually. So, you know, he, he <laughs> wants to, uh, he just doesn't think he's being treated very, very well, and, and her father kills him. She watches that, actually, above in her cell. Um, and then, mm-hmm. so she's sent to Old Town for the, to, to the faith. So I had that a little bit backwards. So she is then sent there um, with the faith to kind of, you know, learn something i guess you know get some instruction right
1: they try to you know give introduce her to the faith hopefully that will mm-hmm. uh turn mm-hmm. her around
0: right because the seven obviously you know that there's a strong pull there right <laughs> to forsake your old ways and you know live this new life but uh and she's there for like i think a couple years or whatever among the silent sisters and uh Eventually, though, she let's see, she endured the the time amongst the Silent Sisters for a year and a half, but in 85 AC, she fled from the Mother House during the night. Uh, Lord Hightower's men searched every house in Old Town, but they found no trace of her. When she did not turn up at the Red Keep either, Jaehaerys ordered uh, her former friends to keep an eye out for her. So instead of hiding in the Seven Kingdoms, she found passage on a ship at Old Town, which brought her to Lys or Lys. Um, there she took on uh, service as at the Pleasure Garden, clad as a novice. So she's basically at this pleasure house there, and that's where she sort of lives out the rest of her days. But the a lot of the theories and the speculation here start in Old Town. How did she pay for passage over to Essos, Sir Matt? What does she have that would get her passage? How did she buy her way over? Did she just steal onto a ship? You know?
1: Well, yeah, I can think of some way she earned her uh, earned passage. If you if you think about what she does later in life.
0: Exactly. There's yeah, exact, And that is exactly the theory. So with the Hightowers there, it is some of the theories and some of what's not said here. And I've listened to other podcasts talk about it. The idea is that maybe she hooked up with Lord Hightower and bears him a child. We don't know how long because he could have. It doesn't actually say how long it was until she, you know, uh, gets over there to, um, you know, across the uh, narrow sea. Maybe she she has has a child and sends it back or or maybe, you know, he keeps her there hidden and then protects her while she's having his child. And that they now then have a Targaryen that now they're connected to the Mm -hmm. Targaryens through blood and all this good stuff. And that's what they want. And then fine. Now you're off and running. You can go do your own thing and the proof not proof but some of the uh people will claim that later on in life king jaharis first of all he doesn't let alison ever talk to her again she writes her letters tries to connect with her daughter her long lost daughter um it doesn't happen in 101 ac to jump ahead like she has a several she has three bastard sons who come back one of them is like the spitting image of jaharis looks just mm-hmm. like him you know yep. in his youth and they're trying to make their claim for the throne. Obviously, it, it doesn't work for them. doesn't doesn't go down that way. But late in his life, uh, he actually receives uh, Lady Allison Hightower. It's his his caretaker, and he mistakes mm-hmm. her for his daughter. So, yeah. and, and towards the end, he he was he grew convinced that Allison was Sarah returned from across the the sea. And when you look at the age and stuff like that, a lot of people believe that maybe it was Sarah's daughter maybe she had a daughter mm. with with one of the Hightowers and it was Alison Hightower so I don't know there's that, that's that's something I, I, I heard I, I was as I was reading it's kind of implied and it's a interesting little little, little nugget you know because we even had that clear back in a world of ice and fire we had this idea that um, he he was mistaking Alison Hightower for his daughters and we didn't know why is it just yeah. old age why does she mm-hmm. look? Why does she look so much like them? Why, why would he be making that well, mistake? Well,
1: and you know, there probably is something more to it because this isn't the first time. If you think, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Tansy, right? With mm-hmm. um, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tully, Hoster Tully, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Hoster, Hoster Tully. So it's a similar, a similar type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know how Sarah dies. We just know that she spends time over in Volantis. So yeah, we don't know. Right, uh, that's how her her life. She ends up. Um, just kind of staying living over there,
0: right? Yep, do, not not uh, not tied up or finished. Yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of the the other big cool you know connection slash takeaway from this chapter is that possibly the High Towers do get a Targaryen, you know, uh, child of some kind. So this grandchild might have been actually a grandchild of of Jaehaerys, mm-hmm. you know that yeah. was that was taking care of him at the end, and um, yeah, because the High Towers were always trying scheming ways to to kind of you know uh, either get closer to the Targaryens or to get a dragon or, or whatever. So that, that would definitely be something they'd be interested in and, and possibly thinking about. So the other thing at the end of this chapter, very, very quickly is just that good queen Alison, um, through a lot of other things, a lot of her children dying and stuff like that ends up, uh, there's a sad little story about her daughter, um, you know, who was, who was very afraid to have children, has a child and dies. And she just, Allison just can't recover from that, goes to Dragonstone, spends out the rest of her, her life there, and ends up passing in, I think, one hundred uh AC. We we'll get to we'll come back to her because we have to talk a little bit more about the when she leaves Jaheris, you know, and the reasons why she's upset right. and stuff. So Um But yeah. Anyway, so that's pretty much it this week, though. Those were our big takeaways. There's other little tiny stories, uh nuggets in there as well. Um if you guys want those discussed, just send us a Raven and we're more than happy to discuss them. so
1: absolutely yep all right all right well uh, as right, a time let's move on to the reread.
0: yeah time to jump in there.
1: Uh, last week we were in Edard 15 where after King Robert's death, Ned uh, convinced the small council to confirm him as protector of the realm. however, the council is interrupted by a summons to the throne room where King Joffrey demands uh, oath and fealty. King Cersei rips up uh, Robert's will and Ned declares Joffrey has no right to the throne. Ned calls for the city watch to seize uh, Cersei and her children in the gold cloaks and said kill Ned's men. And Littlefinger reveals his betrayal. This week we are in Arya 4, but the last time we were in an Arya chapter, she was chasing a cat when Marcella and Tommen had discovered her. She escaped unidentified, but finds herself in the dungeons. Uh, there she overhears two men talking about killing her father and eventually finding her way out. Uh, she tries to tell her father, but he doesn't believe her. Mm-hmm. So quite a bit's happened uh, since then. That's sometimes the problem with the POV chapter. We talked about this. Yeah. is uh, you know She's been in a lot of other chapters since then, uh, mm-hmm. just not a POV chapter. So this week in Arya 4, Arya's training with Serio Pharrell is interrupted when Sir Marin Trant and a member of the Lannister Guardsmen uh, appear. When Maren demands Arya comes with him, Syrio senses something odd and fights the guards, giving Arya time to escape. As at the stables, Arya finds her sword Needle and kills a stable boy who attempts to capture her before escaping via the dungeons of the Red Keep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is this is a good one. This is one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, like, I'm switch over to my other book here.
0: So it's got your good friend Syrio Pharrell
1: yeah this is where a big (laughs) theory comes uh in later you know the the is syrio pharrell jack and you know jack and jahar uh theory so um so we have Arya and syrio uh and syrio are training um they're you know kind of uh, going back and forth finishing up that last thing and um you know it's it's funny uh we just still just get a little bit of the training here and it's funny just uh you know, it's like a left serio sang out low his sword. You know, just going back and forth, the wooden blade caught her high in the breast. A sudden stinging blow that hurt all, or her all more because it came from the wrong side. Because um, he's telling her where to go. Uh, and she, ow she cries out. She would have had a fresh bruise there, but um, by the time she went to sleep, somewhere mm-hmm. out, uh, you know, at sea, uh, a bruise is a lesson. She told herself, and each lesson makes us better. Yeah. Serio steps back. You are dead now. Arya made a face. You cheated. Um, you said left, and you were right, and you went right, just so. And now you are a dead girl. But you lied. My words lied. My eyes and my arms shouted out the truth, but you were not seeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean- watching, watching is not seeing. Dead girl, a water dancer sees. Come, put down the sword. It is time for listening now.
0: Yeah. Let, let me just say that line right there that, you know, um, watching is not seeing, you know, mm-hmm. and that like j- just this whole thing is, is this character who is teaching us right now that things are not going to they're not always as they appear in this series. It's a big, you know, thing. That's how Ger writes. He loves this kind of stuff. And so he's teaching Aria this lesson through Serio. And it's like, you know, he, the, the story about the cat is is awesome. It's plain as day; it's right in front of you. But we build things up to be more than they are, and really, it's just a plain old cat, you know. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
1: Um. Right. You know. And so then, but then we get. This is where we get a little bit of history on kind of bravos. Um, mm-hmm. he says you were the finest swordsman in the city, uh, just so. But why other men were stronger, faster, younger? Why was Syria the best? Uh, and he says the seeing is. The seeing, the true seeing, that is the heart of it. Hear me. The ships of Bravo sail as far as the winds blow to land strange and wonderful. And when they return, their captains fetch queer animals to the sea lords. Um, uh, Such animals you have never seen. Striped horses, great spotted things with necks as long as uh, stilts. You know, things that we would Mm -hmm. imagine to be giraffes and stuff like that. Um, Cereal Pharrell has seen these things. On the day I am speaking of, the first sword was newly dead, and the sea lord sent for me. Many bravos had come to him, and as many had been sent away. None could say why. When I came into his presence, he was seated, and his lap was a fat yellow cat. He told me that one of his captains has brought uh, this beast to him from an island beyond the sunrise. Have you ever seen uh, her like, he asked of me. And I said to him, each night in the alleys of bravos, I see a thousand like him. Uh, and, uh, and that day I was named the first sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> Our, yeah aria screws up her face there which is you know that's an interesting line right there uh-huh yeah um w- right which is it the first time we've seen that That aria screws up her face right yep yeah. Right. yeah um i don't understand the cat was an ordinary cat no more the others expected a fabulous beast so that's what that is what they saw um try you know trying to like impress him mm-hmm. how large it was they said it was no larger than any other cat um so the guy's just just kind of honest there, and so mm-hmm. um, you know the heart lies and the head plays tricks with us, but the eyes see true. Look with your eyes, hear with your ears, taste with your mouth, smell with your nose, feel with your skin. Then comes the thinking. So just kind of use mm-hmm. use your instincts.
0: Well, <clears throat> it's it's really neat because it, it, like he knows that the Sea Lord has brought all these mysterious, possibly magical, exotic creatures. So everyone mm-hmm. who comes before Serio is thinking, okay, this person's not going to have just a regular old alley cat, a fat right. alley cat sitting here, and no, that's where that's really what it is. We make it mm-hmm. up. We we think because of association, because it's this Sea Lord who has all these other cool things that cat. And can't they're be trying normal. to
1: impress him to make him seem like, oh, they're exotic as well, right? right.
0: Like, yeah, it's almost like would you be in? Would you be insulting the Sea Lord if you just said that's just a regular fat cat?
1: <laughs> you know, it's like. Right.
0: But that's that's what it is, and that's the test. And it makes me think that the Sea Lord is also super intelligent, you know. And 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 wanted to see what I mean. Because here's the thing: if you're going to guard the, uh, you're familiar the first sword of Bravos, and guard the Sea Lord, you need to be able to see through all that crap, you know. Did mm-hmm. not yep. not see what people want you to see, uh, but see through that. And it makes you think also that he would know a lot about the faceless men, know how to see through maybe their guys and and things like that. If you if you're going to protect someone like that and you know you have an assa- uh, this this, you know, group of people that are renowned assassins and stuff, if somebody ever wanted to pay for him to get, you know, it's like you need someone like Sirio C- right. C- to see through all of that and really see what's there. So, it's just crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy cool. It makes you re- you know really mm. think about Ciro and realize how 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 epic he was and how there is no way that uh, Sir Marin could have killed him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no way. So
1: now this next line, here hear me out. I'm about I'm about to go down a huge rabbit hole. Please here. do. We're about to we're about to make a, a tiny shift and then we'll finish then we'll go back to finish. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yes, Arya said eager So he says, um, Sirio says, uh, I am thinking that when we reach this winterfell of yours, it will be time to put this needle in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yes, Arya said eagerly. Wait till I show John. And as soon like as she's saying that, uh, behind her the great wooden doors of the small fall, small small hall flew open with a resounding crash. So like mm-hmm. we know that, Marin, that, that that's where Maren Trout comes in, right? And the whole in the whole deal. Mm-hmm. But isn't it interesting? Yep. As I as as we get into serious rabbit hole territory here. All right. Yep. That you know, Sirio Farrell, uh-huh. who could be. Jack and Ror. Sure. You know, yeah. Right, who works for the many-faced god, which a lot of people think is like, you know, serving the old gods, you know, this whole the whole deal, right? Um as she's saying, oh, wait till I show John," you know, Jon Snow, who could be like Azor Ahai, lightbringer, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This cool sword. Uh that's like immediately as as he walks in. Mhm i just yeah. I don't know just just thinking I mean I don't know I just oh yeah no I just, find, I just find I just find it interesting
0: well I mean also what what I now know is that Serio Pharrell knows that there is a character named John who excites Arya and he likes yeah, Arya exactly. you can tell yeah. that he likes her um, mm-hmm. and I know he's being paid to train her but she grows on him and I right. just from my own reading and I think you know it's it's just neat she's he's teaching and training he's no longer he's the former for, first why is he the former as well he's still alive you know mm-hmm. um, do they talk about that ever I wonder if they do I don't think back can look here but yeah anyways you know it's, I don't think so it's it's it's, it's just uh, interesting yeah and they, so he mentions John. so now Serio knows that there's this John character right? right and you know maybe he's looking for Arya too uh, maybe he knows yeah. if he's Jack and Hagar maybe he knows who she is and he's keeping an eye on her from a distance, you know.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm a I'm like a 100% believer that Serio is is jacking hundred hundred percent. I like I'm on that I'm on that theory bandwagon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's cool. It is really cool to think about. Is it the I mean, he even could just be another faceless man too. You know what I mean? He could be part that could be part of his upbringing as well. Um, I don't know. I feel like once I don't know though, once you're in, are you in all the way? Are you allowed to kind of come and go or? You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, could, could that Sea Lord be paying for their services of protection? Mm-hmm. Is that really what they offer, or not? You know, I don't know. It's it's they're more assassins. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting, for sure. And because if he is, you know, Jack and Hagar, he's kind of like, like, is he? What's his goal? What is his mission? You know, because at the end, I was talking about Pate not too long ago, uh, having the key at the end of. um Oh, at the end of Feast of Dra- uh, Feast of Dragons. Feast of Crows, he's looking for that key.
1: Uh, Feast of Dragons, because yeah, you're reading. Because I'm reading yeah.
0: Feast of Dragons. Yeah, um, but you know, he's he, he's supposedly that's Jack and Hagar. Looks just like him. The the description's the same, and he's looking for this key that gets him into anywhere in Old Town. And it's like, what is his role? What is he, you know, up to? Who who mm-hmm. is paying him to do to go around and do all this stuff? You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It, that's interesting, to, is to get behind the, the motivations for the Faceless Men or Jackin or Sirio, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or are they all the same, as you say? So, yeah. Anyways, we can come back um, to that. Our,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, basically, then, you know, Maron Trout uh, walks in, Maron Trant. Um, yep. And, you know, they're, they're telling Arya, you need to come with us. Your father wants to see you. Uh, then Serio kind of steps by and he's like, and why is it that Lord Eddard Stark is sending Lannister men uh, in the place of his own? I, I am wondering. Mm-hmm. They tell him to mind his place. It, a lot of this happens almost the same way that it happens in the show, with one small exception. Uh, there's, there's obviously one kind of very awesome line in the show mm-hmm. uh, that isn't in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. the, you know, what do we say to the god of death? Not today. That's it. that's not. That's mm-hmm. not in here, but yeah. it should be because it's epic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right. And he's, you know, he's he, like talks about he's like, um, you know, I am Cyril Pharrell, You'll be speaking with me with more respect. He mm-hmm. calls him a bald bastard in the show. He's not bald, so that line's not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, Cyril with like Cyril just with a wooden sword, you know, immediately just hits one of the the guards. When you hear a loud crack, and he breaks the guy's fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's, and even, even Marin Trant says, you're quick for a dancing master. Right. And he says, and you're slow for a night. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kill the Bravosi and bring me the girl. Uh, and there's five, you know, there's like five gar- guys there. Yeah. So yeah. he breaks one of the guy's fingers um, plus Marin Trant. So there's six guys total. Um, he clicks his teeth together, slides into his water dancing stance, um, and he says, Arya child, he, uh, you know, we're done with dancing for the day, but you were, uh, best you be going now run to your father um mm-hmm. and that's it so that's like that's kind of the last she sees of him right yeah. right um and then Sirio uh fights and, and you know beats you know she she beats he beats most of them up from what we from what we see um she, she, she said she said she said she has never seen a man move so fast uh he checked one sword with his stick and world um <laughs> Away from a second, off balance, the second man lurched into the first. hero put a boot in his back, and the red cloaks went down together. The third guard came leaping over him, slashing at the water dancer's head. Serio ducked under his blade and thrust upward. The guardsman fell screaming as blood welled uh, from the wet uh, red hole where his left eye had uh, had been. Mm-hmm. So you like you know. Um, man getting up, Cereal kicks another one, kicks his hat, hat off. Um, the dagger man, the guy has a dagger, stabs at him. Cereal caught the thrust in the, hel- uh, in the helmet and shattered the man's kneecap with his stick. Yeah. Yeah, and so then Ma- so then, Maren Trout steps in. Um, he says, you know, be gone now, Arya, look with your eyes. Um, and she ends up kind of, the first sword of Bravos does not run. Right. Um, it,
0: it's interesting because, you know, the whole theme, right, when he first started was, you know, when, when he sees the Lannister men walk in, um, he when he asked that question, right, about why why wouldn't he send his own men, he's, he's, he's actually, he was teaching Arya about this idea that you need to look with your, you know, st- there's the, there's a true seeing, not right. even just with yep. the eyes, but then seeing sort of beyond what's there too. So he's seeing that, and then there's this back and forth, seeing that the night is slow, seeing that these Lannister men you know don't stand a chance to get against him but then Arya, he, he, when she looks with her eyes she sees that he has this guy's armored head to head to foot legs throat all those weak points i think is what they're getting to are covered she doesn't see something a, a way in which Sirio could maybe knock this guy out and if he doesn't run if he does not run then how does he get away Right. You know, and so you have to imagine that he knocked him out somehow to 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 have lived um, or maybe he convinces him to step down. And once Arya is gone, you know, he he lets the he, he, he dising maybe he disengages with Serio or something. But right. yeah, the first word of Bravos does not run. So how does he beat Sir Marin? Right.
1: how Right. Yeah. How did? Yeah. How does? So, yeah, I think th- there's no way to me that. Sir Mar- Marin Trant could beat him. There's just no way. Because, I mean, this dude, first of all, he comments on how fast he is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he is with a wooden sword laying into these guys like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And then we know the Hound later on talks about, you know, that Sir Maron Trant is like an imbecile and an idiot. like. Mm-hmm. And we know that Robert Baratheon's Kingsguard is not really made up of the best and finest knights in, in the realm. Like, mm-hmm. you can even look at. Jamie Lannister. Um, now, you know, this is obviously kind of extended stuff, but yeah. Um, remember we were watching the they're like the extra features in the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. yeah. where it's kind of like the histories and the lore. And so those are kind of interesting because those kind of tie far more into the books. They they build the history that's never really talked about in the show. And those are far more focused on the book, but they have the characters reading these stories, um, you know, as their characters So it's like Jamie is telling the story about how the King the Kingsguard, he's talking about Sir Duncan the Tall and all this stuff. And in that special feature video, um, you know, this obviously show Jamie Lannister talking about book stuff, um, talks about the Kingsguard that's around him and how they're other jokes too. Right. So even he talks about the fact that Sir Marin Trout's a joke. Like he sucks. He sucks. So, um, yeah, I could totally see Sir Marin Tr- uh, Marin Trout just being like, "I gotta get going. Like, I gotta go catch this girl." Right. That. So, yes.
0: Yeah. That. That's one thing. Another thing, I thought too. What we, you know, the the in the true seeing, there are many other swords. His sword gets his wooden sword gets cut in half. You know, right. but there are other swords around him. Oh, there yeah. Other, yeah, he could
1: easily he could easily pick yeah. up or take one of those guys' swords. So he. So you know, oh. uh Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say that maybe Sir Marin, since the first sword doesn't run, maybe he did run. And I doubt he reported that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the other guys are knocked out. There's no one to say that he didn't, you know, right. run away or something. And then, you know, or, or maybe he knocks him out and then he just gets away. He, t- he, he knocks him out with the sword. Because I don't think that he was there. Sirio doesn't kill those other men. He doesn't need to, really. He just knocks no. them all. And, you know.
1: know, I'm thinking about something, kind of the Jackin theory, yeah. right? Yeah. Is Jackin talks about, like, you know, only life can pay for death, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so, like, maybe he doesn't kill, like, he could easily just kill those guys if he wanted. I yeah. think, like, he's, I mean, he, he, like, through plate mail with a wooden sword breaks some guy's fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're telling me, you're telling me, and like, he, they talked about him hitting guys in the kneecap and stuff. Yep. You're telling me he couldn't just, with, with that kind of force, he couldn't hit some guy in the neck and break his neck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He could easily kill those other guys, but he chooses not even to kill those other guys. Right. He yeah. just he he you know he he clearly can if you can break some guy's fingers through, with through plate mail, like right. you know I mean it's obviously smaller bones and stuff like that, but yeah, with a wooden sword, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure this guy as as we've been quoted as saying is a boss he's a b- oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so, he's no slouch right uh, we had a we had a raven is that the one we're reading later where the guy uh oh no that, um, that
0: we'll say we're saving that one but yeah
1: we're saving that one yeah somebody had commented uh about about us saying that um slouch <laughs> yeah he's no slouch he's, he's a boss so yeah. um yeah i mean he could easily waste those guys but i think there's that idea right where we're Jackin this is i tie into that jack in theory um you know about death and life you know they 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 kind of go hand in hand so maybe if syrio was sent there for some reason mm-hmm. right um yeah maybe he feels like he can't just kill people
0: yeah yeah perhaps yeah but yeah i, I just i just think there's a lot still left open here even though aria kind of She's still learning how to truly see, but what she saw didn't look good. Right. didn't look like there was any way out of it. Right. But, you know, there's, it's never really spoken of later. So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. Um, so, it, what's neat is, is right after this, you begin to get all of this uh, Arya thinking back to Serial Pharrell and, and his lessons. What he taught her. Swift as a deer, right? Quick as a shadow. Uh, fear cuts deeper than swords. Quick as a snake. Calm as still water. Fear cuts deeper than the than swords. Strong as a bear. Fierce as a wolverine. So those are all the things that he's kind of like saying to her, right? So what's funny is watch for those sayings later in, in her mind and from other characters, you know, and from different people. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting to note that. Uh, let's see. The grip of her wooden sword was slick and sweaty. So she's just taken off. She's running away, trying to do everything she can. Um, Never do what they expect, Cyril had once said. So she went down and around, uh, leaping over the narrow stones two, or three at a time. And, uh, you know, where does she end up at? So the cellar was, Oh, uh, does she head down? She wriggled towards daylight when her head reached the ground level. She peered across the Bailey at the tower of the hand. Um, so she moves on here. Uh, she knows something's happening. She can kind of see stuff happening there with the, at, at the tower of the hand. Right. You know, they, and, and thinks back to how they had killed Jory and will, um, Right, you know, yeah. Her father is what she's worried about, right? Because she has also heard the the rumor, you know, that they're yeah, plotting. She, oh yeah,
1: she yeah she had heard she'd heard it that her dad you know was going to be killed and all this stuff. So
0: right, yeah. Um. All right. So then you know uh to to move us forward here a little bit. So Hullen uh, yeah. who had been the Maester, uh mm-hmm. who had been master of horse at Winterfell. As long as Arya could remember was slumped on the ground by the stable door right he had been stabbed so many times it looked as if his tunic was patterned with scarlet flowers, so mm. you know he, he's
1: and he and he but he he's he gets he gets a word to her right you know right. he's like you need to you need to warn your dad
0: right yes, yep, they're dying, they've been killed there and remember before chapter before they had all been uh, the Lannister men had been you know out there. Right outside the, the the Tower of the Hand, they're they're there in, in the throne room with Joffrey. Um, this is bad,
1: definitely bad. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. So uh, yeah. So she goes inside. Um, you know, inside the room are more bodies, a uh, a groom she'd play with, and three of her household guard. A wagon uh, laden with crates and chests stood abroad near the doors of the stable. The dead men must have been loading it for the trips to the docks when they were attacked. Um, she sneaks course uh, closer. She sees a corpse of Desmond who'd shown her his longsword and promised to protect her father. Um, yeah,
0: this um, is where she, she's trying to get a horse to get away and this is mm -hmm. where she makes her first kill, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so she ends up, there's a stable boy who's, who's trying to, uh, you know, take her in. he, he recognizes her and knows that like he'll probably get well rewarded for turning her in and, and what have you. And Mm so, um, gosh she just takes needle out and you know sticks him with the pointy in yep you know pretty much
1: yeah so yeah, yeah there she yeah um and she he tells her you know he stays away her finger uh, her fingers closed around needles hit i says come he grabs her arm says everything serial had ever taught her vanished in a heartbeat in that instance of sudden terror the only uh lesson Arya could remember was the one that john had given her um, the very first, stick them with the pointy
0: end. hmm hmm Yeah. There. There is a yeah. The very yeah. And John was referenced earlier. Yeah. Stick them with the pointy end. Uh. But then, as she kind of gathers her thoughts, right, she starts to think about being calm as still water, quiet as a shadow, and uh, she she wonders, was it her own voice or Sirius that she mm-hmm. heard in her head, or or did that she heard just in general? Um. So she steps out of the stables. Uh, scariest thing she'd ever done. She wanted to run and hide, but she made herself walk across the yard slowly, putting one foot in front of the other, right? By the time she'd reached mm-hmm. the shadow of the loyal, of the Royal sept on the far side of the yard, Aria was cold with sweat, but no one had raised uh, a cry, you know, so no one had, had seen her, right? Uh, yeah. she tossed her bundle through. So she's, she's, uh, she crawled in and out of dark windows, hoping, hopping over walls, felt her way through dark cellars, um, you know she's just trying to disappear quite quiet as a shadow again uh once she heard a woman weeping it took her more than an hour to find this low narrow window slanted down to the dungeon where the monsters waited
1: uh so she's heading down to where the dragons are right right yeah cuz that's where she, and that's it's interesting that even though she hasn't been a pov character that's or the last pov chapter we had with her was where she had that's where she had, she'd gone mhm yeah uh Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well, anyway, so she's as she's kind of um she's kind of crawling uh through, right? And um this is where she kind of remembers um she she's she's kind of remembering uh like going through the crypts of Winterfell.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you're yeah. than swords, the quiet voice inside her whispered, "Suddenly Arya remembered the crypts of Winterfell, and they were a lot of they were a lot scarier than this place," she told herself. So Gives her a little, little bit of comfort, right? Her brother Rob had taken them down there. Um, her and Sansa and baby Bran, who had been no bigger than Rickon, uh, was now. So, you know, she's used to being in these dark places. Uh, Rob took them all the way down to the inn past Grandfather and Brandon and Lyanna to show them their own tombs. Sansa kept looking at the stubby little candle, anxious that it might go out. Now, that's interesting. He you know, took them down there to see their own um, their own tombs. Old Nan had told her uh there were spiders down there, rats, big as dogs. Rob smiled when he said that there were worse things than spiders right. and rats right
1: uh, this is where the uh, dead then, walk, <laughs> yeah, and then she sees a ghost, right, but mm-hmm. it, was, it turns out it was actually just Jon snow uh who had like covered it who has covered himself in flour to kind of right. scare her mm-hmm. um,
0: so, so that's a good yeah. Yeah, comforting memory she's she's smiling in, in 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 a better place as she's trying I, to yeah, she's Stay right. safe. Going
1: deeper, deeper into the into the tunnel. So
0: yeah, and that's pretty much it. She vanishes there into into darkness, quiet as a shadow, quiet as a shadow, my friend. So
1: yeah. So all right, well uh, that is it. So um, let's see here. So we have a uh, a raven here, right? From uh,
0: yeah. So first, just um, Bannerman a Bannerman has no name. I believe this is
1: Bannerman has no name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just just that uh, mentioning that um, talking about the the. The musings that we've done, uh, got a couple of different things up there about the winged knights and other conversations. Later this week, I want to have another solid, um, just conversation about something I've been thinking about in the Winds of Winter chapters that I've been reading. So if you're interested in that, then uh, hop hop in there. I know I know that um, several of you have not. I even have a few things at the end of Dance of Dragons we can kind of talk about. So that's fun. Uh, Sir Matt and I are going to speculate here at the end of this. We got a couple show-related musings that we would like to do as well, so that's fun. If you want to, jump, if you want to jump into that tier, it's it's uh it's definitely going to be a lot of fun there for us. It's just quick miniature little podcast. So,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: yep. now we have uh, Sir Douglas of the Burning River though sent us a uh, a raven uh, not too long ago, and uh, he says, uh, "My lords, since my last raven, I started reading, well, listening to the books, and currently I'm about three fourths the way through A Clash of Kings." I'm sure this has been discussed before, but I came across a passage that caught my attention in one of the early John chapters of A Clash of Kings. Uh, Since I'm listening to the audiobook, I don't know exactly uh, the exact quote or chapter, but it happened when John was with Commander Mormont after John's attempted uh, desertion. I am paraphrasing, but Commander Mormont says something along the lines of, did your horse have wings? John responded, no. And Commander Mormont says, that's a shame. We could use something like that. I feel like this is foreshadowing that John will ride one of the dragons over the wall. In Fire and Blood, uh, there was a story of the queen that couldn't fly her dragon over the wall, but since John is of ice and fire, uh, he will be able to take one of the dragons over the wall. Let me know your thoughts, Sir Douglas of the Burning River. So, great little raven, and I thought, Sir Matt, Mm -hmm. that it tied into uh, the Fire and Blood that we had read last week. I think it was, um, maybe it was two weeks ago, but just about that Queen Allison. Could not fly, um, her dragon. Is it Quicksilver? Is that her dragon? I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, over mm-hmm. over the wall, and is it? Would it do, like, to get over the wall with a dragon? Do you need to be born of of ice and fire? Is that the right yeah. bloodline? You know what I'm saying? Is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the show, no, uh, the show has clearly proven that because Daenerys flies uh-huh. over, and then uh, the Night King flies over as well. Um, so. Yeah, the shows the show's its own thing um but right, yeah, Sir poss- Douglas is reading
0: the books now yeah and, and, and it's possible and, yeah cause because we we don't know yet yeah, whether or not you you know we, we know. don't we don't know
1: because I think I think that the you and I have talked about this a lot I think that the wall coming down a totally different way in the books hmm right like I think the the horn the horn of winter right is gonna be the thing the thing that does it so um hmm yeah, but the idea that maybe John uh, could do it instead, maybe of being being uh, born of ice and fire. Yeah, that's. De- I mean, that, well, that, that, well, there's a there's def- there's definitely definitely a possibility. Yeah,
0: there is, and I was thinking, you know, imagine you have a couple dragon riders riding, and the, their dragons can't go north, and Danny, you know, kind of says, "Well, we we can't do it," and then John is the only one who's able to take his dragon mm-hmm. beyond the wall because of his blood and because of who he is and and the command that he. Has or, or you know what have you so I don't know thought that would I think that's kind of interesting and when you think about in the book all we really have to go off of is is Queen Allison uh, the only dragon that we know of that had gone that attempted that, uh, yeah attempted or had been that far north um, is is she and her dragon so mm-hmm. yeah you know I thought uh, Sir Douglas has a good question and I there may be a lot of things like that when you look at John and and what if he if you you know believe that he's born of ice and fire. Um, that that allow him to do more than what other folks can do because of his you know that the mixture of that blood. So
1: yeah, yeah, no, great, yeah, great, great thought. Great um, question. We actually
0: yeah. might bring that up um, in Raven's Nest, and so I thought we would plug Raven's Nest real quick just next week, yes. which is um, the twenty fourth of February. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a good time there. So if you haven't jumped into the Patreon tier and you would like to do that. Um, feel free to to do that. Those who are our uh, bannermen are our speakers. Um, everyone else can kind of participate via text messaging on there. You, you can comment. You can um, you know uh, add in add in your thoughts yeah. that way. What time um, are we
1: doing Ravens Nest, Ezra?
0: I don't remember. Remember we we said it last week. Uh, yeah. uh, it was early, to go, it, it was gonna I'm be gonna to early. Go back. Yeah, it was I'm gonna, gonna to be go
1: Check. I think we uh, was it. I think it was noon pacific time is what we said
0: do we okay okay so three, would be three three eastern standard time because remember it was about yeah. six o'clock last time we did yeah, i think it we did it time. three
1: and so, yeah that didn't work out for some people Yeah, so i think we're gonna do noon right and then we one. thought no i think we said one i think i think we said one
0: so we'll so, post
1: in the facebook group how about that we'll yeah post jump that. on yeah yeah well it'll probably be a well it'll probably be about one one o'clock because mm-hmm. um, we'll probably get start getting set up at noon. Because the people who joined us last time, you know, there's some setup. Make sure everybody's people, you know, there's make sure everyone's microphones work. So yeah, we'll yeah. probably start at about one o'clock. Um, but Serez and I will be on at around noon to help people get kind of set up. And yeah, stuff yeah, like that. absolutely. So
0: yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, and what we'll do is maybe we'll make another post again, just kind of highlighting some of the Ravens and the topics that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. I know Lord Adam Parker last time. Uh, took the time and wrote down some, some solid notes and things. I'll try to have a doc ready to go too. Uh, sometimes they're more detailed, sometimes they're, they're not as detailed so just if you want to add comments in there and you're one of our bannermen, you can definitely do that um, uh, and add those in so we all can kind of discuss and, and uh, have a good conversation about that. So uh, absolutely. Um, Alright, uh, don't forget to send those Ravens to btkcast at gmail.com uh, time for Man the Wall. Uh, we wanted to give a shout-out to our So We've got Lord Jason of House Ross, uh, Lord Hunter the Foulmouth, Lord Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, uh, the Ghost of Harrenhal, and Lord Thanos of House Titan.
1: Yes. All right, everyone. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 51, Sansa 4. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.